Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're talking with Peter Hans, president of the North Carolina Community College System, and uh, he's our guest on Carolina Newsmakers. Uh, what? what uh, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about this job. What, what attracted you to this position? Why, why did you decide this was a good thing for Peter Hans to do? Well, I love our community colleges. I love uh, public education. I love higher education. To me, it is the opportunity to provide so many more chances to so many North Carolinians who might not otherwise have them. Uh, again, in a affordable, accessible, flexible, high-quality manner, I, I, I really want to focus, Don, on how our students uh, can improve their lives so many inspiring stories out there uh, that have touched my heart and have just deepened my commitment to the community colleges and to public education. Uh, the, the really community colleges are the ladder to the middle class, and I feel privileged to be a small part of that. What's, uh, you've been around a long time with this thing, but I, I guess when you get in the chair, when you sit behind the desk, you begin to find out there are some things that even surprised you, even with your experience and background in this role. What has surprised you most since you've taken this role? Well, I, I suppose uh, I am surprised and impressed with community college's ability to stretch the dollar when you consider the level of funding that, that community colleges have, which is generous uh, because it is public dollars, of course, uh, both local, state, and federal uh, dollars, but uh, the extent of the impact that our community colleges make on relatively limited funding is pretty remarkable when you think about it. I see uh, our people are amazing faculty and staff who are deeply committed to serving our students find a way to stretch that dollar to make it happen they generally don't complain about things they just get it done they find a way to serve our students and while i knew that and i've seen it to feel it and experience it on a daily basis is inspiring uh, you mentioned compensation is our faculty uh, compensated uh, as they should be no, we have real issues with that in the community college system. Uh, I'm proud of the efforts the state has made to support university faculty. We're in the top 10 in the country. They're improving on public school teaching uh, compensation, I think 29th in the country, and moving up, thankfully. I think those are smart decisions. Our community college faculty ranked 41st in the country in terms of salaries. Now, this makes it extraordinarily difficult for us to, to recruit and retain high-quality instructors. Now, fortunately, they're very committed to the mission, but we're an open enrollment institution. We take the top 100% of students who come through the door, except in those areas where we can't recruit the instructors. Nursing is a perfect example of this, where you have to have uh, well-prepared nurses teaching those who will follow them. Nursing salaries uh, is very difficult for us to compete with the private sector, with the universities, uh, other options available to them. And yet this state has the second largest nursing shortage in the country. Now we could meet that need through the community colleges. We just can't hire enough instructors. 
So we unfortunately have to turn away students on a yearly basis who want to pursue a career in nursing. And I think that's, uh, that's not the way to go. What, uh, you know, they're, they're, of course, the K through 12 teachers sort of take care of themselves. I mean, they've had a march and oh, all sure, this kind of stuff. Sure. And, and of course the university system is, uh, uh, considered, uh, their situation and compared with their peers and they use that as a way of, of adjusting salaries. Um, what's it going to take to get some uh, exposure to the fact that our community college system compensation needs to be increased? We've been talking with legislators uh, about it, and I, I think there's a recognition that some attention needs to be paid to this issue. Uh, they're very focused right now on the public school teachers, which, again, I support and understand uh, but we're going to find a way to put the spotlight on community college faculty and staff salaries. Going to do a compensation study of some sort by a third party that I believe the legislature will have faith in, uh, in hopes that they'll spend some time on this in the coming years because uh, we need it. What are your priorities for the community, uh, community college system? As you, uh, you've been there now 13 months, sure. just long enough to really have a good feel for the needs and the opportunities, the problems, and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your one-year priorities and things that are high on your list that need to be done now. And then uh, I guess we'll follow that up with saying, okay, long-range, what are sure. situations? couple of things come immediately to mind, uh, Don. I've talked about the need for us to simplify, align, and accelerate. That is to simplify uh, all of our processes uh, at the community college, some of which we've uh, imposed on our, ourselves, some of which have been externally imposed upon us, to make it streamlined for the student to succeed. Uh, talked about aligning with our key partners in the public schools, the universities, and the business community, uh, and accelerating the number of North Carolinians with those high-quality credentials so they can be successful in the workforce and in life. Now, I think all this involves improved labor market outcomes for our students. It involves improved retention and graduation rates for our students, and better serving underserved populations. Uh, the, the, the number of North Carolinians who need a high-quality education credential isn't limited to any one group located in any one area. No matter who you are or where you come from, you need accessible, affordable, flexible, high-quality education. Community colleges offer that. Well, as we've talked about so many times in, on this program with so many different people, who are leading our state in so many different areas. One of the things that's interesting is we have about 25 or 30 counties that are just doing just fine right. and growing like uh, a weed, so to speak. And then we've got another 80 counties that uh, are have a whole different set of problems exactly. and opportunities. Exactly. Uh, and more than anything else, I guess the community college system offers hope to those 80 counties of how to redevelop and how to create economic development. Hope and opportunity. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting uh, about education is we uh, tend to look uh, have sort of a short term look outlook on what jobs are going to be available. Uh, you hear over and over educators say, you know, we're we're teaching kids that probably are going to be working in jobs in 
15 years that don't even exist now in people's minds. Right. That's, uh, that's an interesting challenge. Well, again, I think this speaks to the importance of a well-funded community college system because that is only going to be more and more the situation where jobs are going to be created and then disrupted and the need for new skills and, and uh, knowledge to be developed uh, with all these changes in the economy, society, technology, education is going to be shorter in duration and more regularly occurring throughout our lives, lifelong learning. And that is the community college model. It's not easy uh, once you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s to necessarily go to a university and reskill, certainly not back to the public schools, but you can do, th- do so through the community college. Good example of what we're kind of talking about is the fact that if you go back to, say, 30 years ago, textile manufacturing jobs were very important. Tobacco manufacturing jobs were very important. Furniture manufacturing jobs. Right. A lot of states couldn't take the hit we've taken and still grow because those industries are basically gone or changed dramatically. Well, it's a testament to North Carolina's resilience. And again, I think our investment in education to go down to uh, Concord and see the effect of when the Pillotex uh, textile facility there closed and up to 10,000 people lost their jobs almost immediately. It was in that community, Rowan Cabarrus College, that responded and helped people upskill and reskill so that they could restart jobs and careers. And that, again, in many ways, community colleges are like speedboats. We can get to a problem quickly and deal with it. The universities and public schools, they're battleships. They're big and they're powerful, but they're slow to move. Community colleges are the ones that can respond quickly to situations like that, and I think that's going to be increasingly valuable. Well, and of course, as we've said uh, on many occasions about uh, developing the underdeveloped parts of North Carolina, uh, those are burdens that the state has to take on. And if we uh, make uh, lemon uh, lemonade out of lemons, uh, we're going to be well on our way to solving a lot of our state's problems in the in the growth areas. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, uh, so, so. Community college presidents then look at their role in their community and say, okay, this is what's important in Wake County. This is what's important in Mecklenburg County. And this is what is important. You mentioned Montgomery County. Uh, So they are led by a local board? Yes. Each of the 58 colleges has a board of trustees that is appointed uh, by three authorities, the, the governor, the local county commissioners, and the local school board to align us with our educational sector partners. They uh, send names forward to, to the State Board of, edu- of Community Colleges uh, for a local college president, which um, we vet and then uh, approve. That balance of local autonomy and state support has been critical to our success. Well, it's, it, the model has served itself well because, as you said, each each uh, college seems to adapt to the local situation and serve the needs of the local population to a degree that uh, is probably unparalleled. Yeah, and we're very fortunate yeah. in North Carolina. Well, you know, in our last segment of, of uh, Carolina Close-Up, which we'll be following in just about uh, 60 seconds from right now, 
we want to talk a little bit about how North Carolina and North Carolina citizens have always valued education because uh, it has always been something that has sort of set us apart from all of our peer states and has led us to a, a position of leadership amongst those peer states. And we're going to do that when we return with our guest, Peter Hans, who's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. And we'll do that in 60 seconds from right now. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our last segment of uh, this program, and we're delighted to have Peter Hans with us, who is now in his 13th month of serving North Carolina as a, the president of the North Carolina Community College System. I'd like to remind everyone listening to this program, if you're listening to a station that carries the 30-minute version of this program, there's another uh, 22 minutes of content that you're not privy to hear on your radio station, but you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear that. And uh, if you'd like to share the entire broadcast with a friend or listen to the entire broadcast, it is also available. That's on carolinanewsmakers.com. Peter Hans is our guest. As we've said, he's the ninth president of the community college system, 13th month in service. And, Peter, we were uh, in the last segment, we talked about the fact that North Carolina, um, we, we, we sort of uh, pride ourselves on being that uh, sea of humility between the two mountains of conceit, yes. Virginia and South Carolina. Yes. But I think it's a, a legacy that has led us to believe in education in a way that uh, a lot of states just don't believe in it. But most everyone is always uh, so involved in education because I think they see it as the key to their children doing better than they did. I believe you're right, Don. You know, in real estate, talk about location, location, location. I believe North Carolina's future is based on education, education, education. And the more that we can collaborate throughout the education continuum from early childhood through the public schools, through the community colleges and our four-year institutions, all working together for the betterment of our state, we will provide hope and opportunity and jobs to everyone. And that's North Carolina's best path forward. Now, of course, all states are interested in economic development, North Carolina no exception. But how important is the community college system to recruiting new industry? 
Oh, incredibly important. The Commerce Secretary, Tony Copeland, will tell you it's the most important incentive he has is the customized job training that the community colleges provide to those businesses who are locating in North Carolina or expanding their existing operations in our state. Additionally, through the bio network, we provide training for the life sciences companies, which is a growing uh, segment of North Carolina's employers. Uh, The small business centers uh, at each of our 58 colleges provide help to entrepreneurs. Uh, As well, we have the state's registered apprenticeship program working hand-in-hand with uh, employers to provide those opportunities to people to become, to learn and earn uh, at the same time. We're a key player in economic development and proud of it. The legislature is in session, and uh, I'm sure you've got some legislation that is important to you. What are those uh, issues that you are uh, concerning yourself with right now with regards to uh, the time that you spend down at the legislature sure. doing a little lobbying from time uh, to time? Uh, indeed, uh, indeed I do. I was there almost all day yesterday. The legislature has been very good to us thus far. Now we, we haven't finished out the budget process because they're reconciling their differences, and then the governor uh, will be part of the negotiations at that point. Uh, but all of them have been supportive of community colleges, we're, we're trying to fund additional short-term workforce training opportunities in high-demand fields that uh, employers need uh, our assistance. This includes healthcare, information technology, construction, transportation, advanced manufacturing, public safety, all playing key roles in North Carolina where uh, community college grads can have great jobs and great careers in a relatively short period of time. And I'm talking eight to 12 weeks. This is our number one priority. And I'm happy to say the legislature and the governor see the value in that. Now, colleges and universities raise a lot of money uh, through uh, gifts and and uh, their endowments and so forth. Uh, the community college system is well behind in yes. that kind of development. How does that... Uh, take a step forward and, and we create uh, some additional funding for the community college through uh, development and through endowments. More private support certainly would be helpful in taking us from really good to great uh, and acting as a catalyst for different programs and opportunities. I, I, some of our colleges do well in this area or they're located in communities where they can draw upon the resources there uh, to, to raise money on their own. But we're trying to provide more uh, opportunities for community college personnel from presidents to actual development officers to learn that craft, to learn that trade, and improve their success in that manner because we need that sort of support. It it really can make a difference. One of the things that keeps the alumni involved in the colleges is athletic programs. Uh, Some community college systems have athletic programs. Others don't. A number uh, of them do. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do we take advantage of that to build some camaraderie and, and bring those alumni back so that they become involved in the, in the campus in the way that the, uh, the alumni of the university uh, system does? Well, that's right. Now, the, the challenge that we have on athletic programs versus the university is uh, while a number of our colleges have athletic programs that have done quite well, actually, nationally within their uh, divisions, 
uh, is we don't want to pass the extra cost along to the student. We want the community college education to remain very affordable and avoid debt for our students. The, the university, of course, will charge athletic fees, raise private dollars from alumni. Uh, we don't receive state support for athletic programs at the community colleges. We don't. And while we want to extend those opportunities because it, it leads to more engaged alumni, more engaged students, the community gets excited, we just want to keep that focus on remaining affordable. So that's a, that's a balance we're trying to strike. Well, affordability, as we talked about earlier, is so important because, as we mentioned earlier, student debt is a major concern to, uh, to us all now as it uh, is getting an awful lot of uh, press and a discussion about that. Um, what kind of scholarship programs are available to students within uh, uh, community colleges? So, uh, the colleges themselves have a variety of scholarship programs. Uh, that uh, are often the gifts, private gifts from local individuals in the community uh, that meet uh, a variety of needs. We also have some state-level programs through the Golden Leaf Foundation and other sources. Uh, The federal Pell Grant largely will cover uh, the cost of community college education for those students who qualify for the the need-based program. Uh, and I'm happy to report that there is a need for additional scholarship dollars in those short-term workforce training opportunities because while the registration costs are not, uh, they're very low, uh, they're very affordable, but there can be additional costs in terms of, say, you're training to be a lineman. And Lord knows we're all thankful for the lineman when the power goes out, right? Yes. Uh, that to train to be a lineman uh, go through an eight to twelve week course uh, might only cost one hundred and eighty dollars for registration fee, but in terms of equipment that you might need to do that job, you could be looking at five hundred to a thousand dollars. Well, that may not sound like a a lot of money to many of us. To a lot of folks, that's a real hurdle. And so, to create more scholarship dollars in those areas where there is no state and federal financial aid, that is none for short-term workforce training opportunities, or very little, uh, that's where we need the help, to help people get prepared and ready for those great jobs and careers. Peter, thank you so much for sharing all this information about the community college system and the, the, the work that these uh, great institutions are doing in the state of North Carolina and how they're contributing to our welfare. Peter Hans, our guest. And uh, we, if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, again, a reminder, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast, which uh, consists of 45 minutes of content, or the segments that you might have missed if you're listening to a program that carries uh, half the, of the show. We'll be back again next week with another guest, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you then. Till next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.